With Elevate 150 from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you can grow financially stronger and so can Redeemer Radio. Visit NotreDameFCU.com slash Elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and our listeners. On more than a few occasions on this show, we have hosted experts in media and technology or education and family life to talk about young people and the effects of digital and social media on their relationships and development. Today, I want to do something a little different, not in terms of content necessarily, but in terms of conversation partner. That's because my guest today is not someone talking about the ubiquity of technology in the lives of young people, but indeed a young adult who is living in this technological environment and does not like what he is seeing. Isaac Sullivan is a recent high school graduate from Lafayette, Indiana. He has been paying attention to what we have all seen elsewhere when a group of people get together in public. They're technically together, but not really together. They all separately engage with their phones. Isaac has seen this very clearly in his own friend group for years now, and today he and I will talk about what he thinks about all that. As for me, I'm Leonard DiLorenzo. This is Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life and the Spoke Street Media Network. I'm glad you're here. Isaac, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. This is a great experience. Isaac, you and I, we initially got connected because actually of a tweet that I sent out into the vacuous digital universe of Twitter. And it said this, I said, I refuse to accept that from now on, social life will be people sitting together looking at their phones. Mm -hmm. And you and I got connected because your parents, in fact, both of your parents saw that message and responded that you, their oldest, were actively fighting against that, what I was talking about. So I was wondering, Isaac, if we could start by you telling us a little bit about what you've seen and experienced, especially among your friends and technology use and social life. Yeah. What I just see often is I go to, you know, youth groups, you know, other just, you know, events with all my other peers and whatnot. And I just see a lot of cell phones sitting out Mm -hmm. and I'm just blankly staring at them maybe there'll be a conversation while they're looking at it, but it just seems that they are texting back and forth, you know, having conversations through various social media platforms or whatever. And to me, it just seems very silly that that's the way we're going. I mean, (laughs) sit and look the person in the eye, have a conversation. So you yeah. so just to kind of paint the scene I imagine most people have seen quite a lot like this and it's not just a, among young people teenagers early 20 somethings but probably against among older people as well they have a group of people who are sitting together you're in the same space you've actually gone somewhere mm-hmm. right yeah but what you're saying is you're around all these other people and yet everyone seems to be staring at their phone involved in something else other than what's right there is that right yeah okay exactly it's- and that's just not how I operate at all. <laughs> you know, to me, I'm like, okay, we're all sitting around. You all are texting each other. Why do I need to be here? Why can't I 
folding laundry or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really not texting you guys. I mean, there's no point in actually being together if we're not actually communicating, you know, face to face and having an actual human interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point to it. Yeah. So, you know, the way in which I think it was your mom who tweeted back at me said she said that you are actively fighting against it or you have been. So how have you I mean, clearly you're critical of this sort of like default social situation, but what have you sought to do differently for yourself or maybe amongst your friends that is not just sort of going along with what has become the default way of being together? Well, for starters, I mean, I didn't get a smartphone until I was 19, 18, something like that. Okay. I was, you know, I was old by the time I got a smartphone. <laughs> I'm 18 or 19 to get your first phone. It sounds yeah. ancient. You're right. It's yeah. unusual. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone I would talk to before I had a smartphone, they'd be like, so what's your Snapchat? What's your, mm-hmm. what's your phone number? And I'm like, I don't have a phone. Yeah. And there's always just that blank stare of really. Was this your choice? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I mean, to a degree, I mean, my mom always said that, if I wanted my phone, I would have to pay for it myself. Oh, so that's a disincentive. That's true. That was just like, all right, (laughs) I don't really want that. But then by the time it kind of became a, I probably should have a phone. I was just kind of like, I don't really, what use do I get out of a smartphone that I don't get out of a flip phone? Okay. I mean, I just would use it to call people. Okay. There's no need for the smartphone at the moment. But then by the time I finally got a smartphone, I... The first social media platform I got was Facebook, of all things. I don't use it much. And I got it specifically to learn when youth group meetings were and other youth events were so I could go to those. Okay. I didn't use it necessarily to, you know, chat with all my friends on Facebook. Yeah. And then over the past uh, year, I got Instagram, and I really should get rid of that because I spend way too much time on it, I find. Oh, okay. So now that you got it, you kind of, you feel a pull to it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And did you expect that about, did you expect that about yourself? To a degree, I think, because I think to a degree, there's kind of that, I don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone else is on Instagram and everything, you know. I want to be there too. I want to see everything there that they're doing, but, but it does. I, you know, I find myself staring at it and when I could, should be doing something else. And, you know, it's, it is a waste of time. And I do try when I'm with other friends, I don't get on it. I don't think nearly as much okay. as some of other people, but. Yeah. So now that you do, you have a smartphone, imagine, you know, you're carrying it around in your pocket. You're in some of these situations where you were before amongst, you know, your peers, this group of friends where previously you were seeing people, the kind of irony, absurdity almost of like making this effort to be together, but then spending your time looking away from each other. Now that you have the phone in your pocket, does it stay in your pocket? Do you find, since everybody else is doing that, is there, does that kind of nudge you towards doing the same thing? How have things changed for you now? I would say it would has stayed mostly the same. Uh-huh. I, you know, when I'm in my peer group, I don't, you know, I keep it in my pocket. I don't normally get it out. Now, part of that, I would also say would be that I don't have all of the, all of the popular social media platforms <laughs> okay. and whatnot. I really just have two, yeah. but so I'm not necessarily on everything that they're doing and seeing everything that they're 
doing. Yeah. But then I think also it is a thing of, I don't want to be just staring at my phone. You know, I want to be actively engaging in something. I want to be, you know, let's go play something. Let's go throw the football around. Let's go play a board game. Let's go see a movie or something. Let's go do something together rather than just sitting around in chairs, just staring at ourselves. You know where I, I think what immediately preceded me sending out that little tweet kind of complaining about the same thing was, I think this is what it was. I was with some of my kids. I took them to a college soccer game. You know, I'm at a college campus. So we just went to check out the soccer game and I'm sitting there with my kids and there's a bunch of, actually at this game, there were a good number of students there. Some of whom I knew, most of whom I didn't. But I looked around, you know, because we're kind of sitting at the top. And when I look down, you see everybody in all these pockets of friends who made the effort to actually go across campus to the soccer game. Nobody's really watching the game and nobody's really talking to each other, except every once in a while they'll look up and maybe say something and then go back. They're all like you're noticing looking at their phones. So what you're talking about here in terms of like, I don't know, this kind of desire hope that like, well, why don't we do something else? Like, why don't we do something where it actually matters that we're there together? I was noticing that here, like the sort of the strangeness of actually going somewhere to be with other people, but then precisely being there with other people alone, like you're alone together is what it Mm -hmm. was. When you think about this and maybe through your own experience, like how would you like to see it different? Would you like to see that There's a kind of rule amongst friends, your friends, other friend groups that you might be in. There's a sort of rule that when we're together, we put our phones away or when we're together, like you have to, I don't know, like almost apologize or ask permission. Hey, do you mind if I look at my phone real quick or something like that? Like what what would you like to see as a kind of new if there were some kind of like new rule or social script? I mean, ultimately, what I think I would prefer you know, if everything were perfect, if I could get exactly what I want would be, <laughs> we burn social media to the ground. <laughs> you, now that this is going it. out on the airways, you've been marked by the, yep. by the digital, uh, you know, illuminaries that they're going <laughs> to, or illuminaries, they're going to mark yep. you as a person who's after them. My friend, yeah, my friend group's going to come after me That's now. right. That's right. <laughs> but no, what I think I would prefer more than anything is just when we get together at these events when we when we come together just to hang out at a coffee shop or something just to hang out i just i i think it would be beneficial for everyone involved if we just put the phones up and talk about what's going on in our lives yeah. rather than posting it for the world to see uh, that's a really good way of putting because because i think that is part of the reason everyone does that is we want everyone to see what we're doing yeah rather than the people we're sitting right next to yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I don't think necessarily that you can't bring your phones out. I mean, I've had, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time, you know, where we're sitting, you know, me and some friends are sitting around chatting and one of them pulls up a funny thing on their phone. Those are always funny moments. And with some particular friends, it sparks yeah. great conversation afterwards. Right? But it's going into the conversation seems to be the exactly. difference, right? Like it's coming, exactly. you're using that to contribute to what's going on together. Yeah. That exactly. Makes, that's it's, a really good example. Yeah. yeah. It's not a passive thing that they found. It was something deliberate you know, right. that they discovered because of the conversation. <laughs> and, and I just think doing that would be beneficial because I've had 
so many instances where when they have to take away their phones, mm. when they when they are taken away for whatever reason, there seems to be that they're lost without it. They don't know uh. how to communicate completely without it. Yes. If that makes sense. It does make sense. I understand completely what oh. you're saying. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on the Spoke Street Media Network. My guest today is Isaac Sullivan, recent high school graduate. The two of us are talking about his and his peers' use of technology and especially the impact on their social lives. So Isaac, when, you know, if you think back on when you started to see a sort of shift among your friend group, your peer group towards the ubiquitous presence of technology, you know, when you're together, do you, can you kind of recall when that started to shift? How old you guys uh, might have been? I mean, I think to a degree, it's kind of been there since smartphones have really kind of taken over mm-hmm. in popularity, which I mean. So I were you exactly... guys like in, were you in middle school? Were you in elementary school? Would you say? <sighs> Yeah, probably, yeah. honestly. Middle in, school, elementary school. Yeah, like you know. late, like maybe fifth grade around there. Yeah. Okay. Fifth grade, something like that. It, And I don't think it was an immediate change, partially because it was just so new that no one knew exactly what to, how it all worked particularly. Right. But it was a definite, when you had that first kid in the group or whatever who got the first smartphone, you know, there was that, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> it's that. Oh, this is awesome. And then I think just as, you know, the technology grew and got cheaper and, mm-hmm. you know, easier for people to get their hands on, it just became a natural evolution of, well, we all need one. We all need a phone to communicate anyway. Yeah. Even just for something as simple as, you know, calling our parents when we need to get picked up after soccer practice or something. <laughs> you know, so we all, you know, need a way to communicate with our parents long distance. Yeah. But then I think. My son has brought that very reason up sometimes. And it's like, well, the house where you're going to be, do they have a telephone? Like, could you, could you ask to use their telephone to call me to tell you, pick them up? But to your other point about kind of the introduction of say the first, first cell phone into the friend group, like the first person has it pretty soon. Like when a cup, at least one other or a couple of other people have it, whether it's fifth grade or it's seventh grade or whenever it is, there's suddenly these kind of layers of access and communication that are going on, right? Like those who have the means of being able to contact each other on their own, usually by text or by through some form of social media, there's like another conversation that's going on within the friend group. And those who have access are in and those who don't have the smartphone are out. And pretty soon as more people kind of join the, the inner circle of the friend group by having the access you end up maybe maybe it's you know somebody like yourself like you're saying where you were the last one of the group to not have it and there's I totally hear what you're saying like about Instagram like wanting to see what's going on with everyone else because it's not an imagined thing like there really is yeah. another sort of parallel track of conversation that's going on and if you don't have the access you're just not in it so had you I mean are there others of your friends that had I don't know if you've ever talked about this, but you felt like maybe they were dissatisfied or concerned, or if not, was it just you? And what was that like to be the only one then? I think to a degree, I mean, there are several of my close friends definitely share the same 
opinions right. of, you know, we shouldn't be using it when we are together communicating like that. You know, we should be communicating more face to face. And I don't think it's a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it is a, that everyone is desiring to drop all, you know, face to face communication. <laughs> right. But I just think that it's that pull. So I think for a lot of them, they agree that there's a problem. They agree that there's a problem there, but they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Or why they should necessarily fix it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It and it just kind of it becomes a I think a way where I see that there's a big problem. Mm-hmm. They see that there's a problem but they don't know what to do necessarily. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. It's really hard to change things like this midstream, I suppose. Like when you've developed habits and it just becomes the way in which, especially groups of people do things like to take on a new way of interacting or a new kind of habit for the group. That's a, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. You've got to, I suppose, like build some kind of consensus that we're going to do it. And then you have to put, sort of parameters on yourself as a group. Like we're not going to do this and we are going to do this and it becomes a little bit legalistic, but that I suppose is how you take on a new habit like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe one way to think about this, maybe we can think about this together is it's not to say, well, it's too late for me and for my friend group, but in a way it's more difficult to make a change there once the habit's been built up. But if you think ahead towards, you know, more into now the beginning of your adult years, where you will, to a large degree, decide for yourself what are your regular habits and patterns. Or you set out for yourself, like, what is my living space going to look like? What's in? What's out? What are the kind of customs here? Or maybe even looking longer term towards maybe you're the one who's raising a family, like you're raising kids and giving them, you know, some guidelines, some boundaries, some habits, what sort of things as you look ahead to that, whether it's you yourself into your adult years, or especially when you're looking to potentially, you know, raising others and raising children and giving them the lead for how to live, especially amongst technology, what would you like to be in place there? I think for me, look, kind of living on my own, I think it's a, I think it's a understanding of when you come over to my house, to hang out you're here to interact with me you're not here to interact with your phone if you want to have a text message conversation go stay home and have a text message conversation with me you know there's no reason to waste the gas money yeah so i think there'll be kind of that understanding with people who come over you know put the phone down let's chat you probably have to tell them um, that right like at oh, some point yeah. or there's yeah, like a basket, a basket in the front door where it says, you know, please oh, deposit your phone here or something like that. Yeah. So you're okay with that? Well, I would be perfectly fine with that. That's great. That's great. I'd be like, sure, I'll drop my phone off there. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you'd like your home space to be a place where, look, this is for actual face-to-face conversation interaction. Okay. Yeah. So this changes exactly. the way in which you yourself would use technology in the home, right? Like perhaps Mm -hmm. would, I mean, is this true? Would you limit yourself to, I'll use it in this, this part of the house, but not this part of the house or at this time, but not this time. Yeah. I think that is a, it's definitely a habit that needs to be built. And I, 
can't say that I have built that habit presently. <laughs> yet, right? Uh, yeah, right. It is one that I do think needs to be built mm. for at least me personally. Yeah. But I think it would be beneficial for most people. Yeah. No, I talked about this with uh, a guest I had on the show some time ago. Her name's Amy Crouch and wrote a book on this. She's she's actually just about your age and it's called My Tech Wise Life. But she talked about her childhood home and the what her parents put into place in terms of what was allowed where in the home. And they really, you know, even the television, they didn't get it till much later in her life and it was down in a basement. But the way in which like the rooms were designed, like the living spaces, right? Their living room, their yeah. kitchen. They were very intentional from the beginning about what's front and center like what's easy at hand and what is not in that space. And I, th- you know, I've been thinking about that since we talked in terms of the wisdom of that, of like setting up a certain intentionality of your space and also the intentionality of like what's in and what's out, what's allowed for me in my own home. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's not. And some of the things you're talking about here in terms of like the expectations for people who come over that, you know, this is what my house is meant to be. And I'd love for you to be a part of it, but it's not meant to be this. So yeah, I just think of, uh, you know, as we're talking about this and thinking about like the importance of these habits, as you're saying, and I'm right here with you, like the difficulty of actually putting them in place. One of the things I'm remembering from this previous conversation is the importance of actually designing spaces, right? Yeah. What's your, what is your family home been like in, in this regard? I mean, I imagine you, were, <laughs> you didn't just come out of nowhere, right? Like these kind of desires that you have were nurtured likely in your home in some way, like you had this desire, more of the desire for face-to-face interaction. And you were attentive to the way in which staring at phones was getting in the way of that. So what, I mean, you don't have to t- none of us wants to tell everything about our family home, but well, what's it been like in your own home? Oddly enough, <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough at present, yeah. we have several computers mm. strewn about the house mm-hmm that we all use on a daily basis. Now you can also chalk that up to all the little children. And running it, around. your homeschooling family too, right? Yes. Right. And the okay. homeschooling family. Yeah. So, you know, you can chalk it all up to that, but I mean, I've used computers. I mean, I can't remember a time not having a computer sure. in my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't remember a time not having a TV in the living room or basement, but I think it's the, we try as a family to have conversations. You know, we, talk all the time. We're not just staring at the screens. We're not just necessarily hiding away. We're actively having deep conversations. And I think despite the fact that we have a lot of technology in the house, Mm -hmm. even a lot of technology visible, I mean, we have a lot of devices that you will be able to see upon entry. Despite that, we don't use them all the time okay we use them often right we use them in our everyday lives but they are not it's not the center of your life at home is it sounds exactly. like what you're saying right yeah mm-hmm. yeah what do you do i'm just curious like what do you like to do as a family are there certain family customs that um then you're well home? we all try well we all try to sit around for dinner okay some days that's better than others sure but, like everyone yeah um, we you know, we try playing board games whenever we can. We watch, we'll sit down and watch a movie together. We'll sit down and, you know, just chat together periodically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say at least once a week, me and my brother and my mother have some sort of long hour conversation <laughs> about 
whatever is going on, uh-huh. um, which is always fun. And it's a level of trying, trying and failing yeah. to not, not just be staring at the screens, not yeah. just be doing it all. Well, it sounds like you're living together, not just happening yes. to, you know, cohabitate. You happen to live in the same spot. Like you actually live together is what, what it mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just bringing this back to where we began with this conversation, it sounds to me like this is the sort of desire you have with your friends too. And I think maybe many of us, especially, you know, even those of us who haven't been as attentive to this, maybe are like, we can resonate with what you're saying there. Like we want to when we're with our friends, when we're with our family, we want to live with them. We want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And I think you've detected something you're helping us to see that we may be in the same space, but we're actually just alone together. We've maybe drifted towards mm-hmm. that end rather than being together. So, you know, this is one of those calls, it sounds to sounds like, to kind of assess what are we doing with our time and our space? And what are we really doing when we're together? And especially in these years when it's become harder to actually be in the same space with other people, like maybe we ought to cherish that more. Right. Yeah. Well, good. Isaac, this has been a really refreshing and enlightening conversation. Thanks for taking the time to enter into this with me. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thanks to your parents for jumping, jumping at the, uh, (laughs) the tweet in response to me, which led to you and I getting connected and here we are doing some radio together. So great. Yep. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And thanks to all of you for joining us on church life today. Church Life Today is a production of Spoke Street Media and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Ave Maria Press has been publishing Catholic books and resources for more than 150 years, and they are located right on the north side of the Notre Dame campus. Visit AveMariaPress.com for a wide selection of spirituality books, classic Catholic literature, and even books for families. You can also find podcasts and free downloadable Catholic content. Visit AveMariaPress.com and receive 25% off your order with code REDEEMER. Ave Maria Press, helping people to know, love, and serve God.